righty. Welcome into another episode of Red Zone Talk. I'm Timothy Hunt, joined alongside by nobody today. Uh, Owen is feeling slightly under the weather today. Um, so you, you just got me. So a little bit of a different show, probably a shorter show, uh, as, as a lot of you can see. Um, a little bit different of an environment tonight. Um, so we're going to do some different things, keep it fun. Um, I'm going to try to stay on task as best I can. I'm, I'm more of somebody who keeps other people on topic and not necessarily somebody who does most of the talking a lot of the time. So it'll be a little bit of a different episode for you and a little bit of a different episode for me here. So um, hopefully you follow us on Instagram, you follow us on TikTok, still don't have the TikTok name figured out, but if you look us up at Red Zone Talk Pod, uh, you should be able to find us there. You can find us on Instagram there. Um, we'll have some shorts and some stuff like that coming out. Um, make sure you're subscribed and follow us on wherever you get your podcasts from Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple podcast, I think. Um, and then, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. YouTube channel is doing, doing better than I thought. Um, so, so for those of you listening at home here, I'll try to try to timestamp it a little bit for you here, uh, and give you an idea of when you should skip ahead. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of an office tour today. Um, you'll have to excuse my office. It's, it's slightly a giant mess, but I, I have gotten some questions about what some of the random decor is. And I did get a lot of the stuff finally hung up in here. So I'm going to awkwardly pick my camera up from my, my computer monitor here. So it's going to be slightly weird. Um, so excuse my shoddy camera work here. Um, I'm not the best at, at when it comes to, you know, holding a webcam here. Um, to the direct right of me, obviously you can see my bright lamp that you know backlights me so well. But uh, up top there, I've got my my running board here that I had some some friends make me from back in Manhattan. Uh, yes, I've run a half marathon. Believe it or not, these are these are my various medals from five Ks and half and the half marathon I did. Obviously, the big fancy one is from the half marathon on the end there. Kind of kind of covering uh, my Patriots uh, board here. This one's super special to my grandfather actually hand painted this for me. So uh, you can kind of see it in the reflection of where the lamp is, where you can kind of see some of the brush strokes and stuff like that. Uh, I've got a nice tribute to the to the Mets there. Owen actually got that one for me. Uh, I've got my shelf of random things here. Um, the first football helmet on there. I have no idea where that's from. I bought that at a random estate sale. It was super cool. It had the two bars. I was like, how do you pass that up? Uh, my favorite Patriots helmet right there, the old school with the guy uh, hiking the ball. So that's fun. That picture back there is probably going to be really hard for the camera to focus on, but that is a super uh, picture from the Patriots Super Bowl in 2005. You know, you got to have a mini basketball goal, right? Then you're going to get an awkward shot of me. Um, in the, the next Patriots one I got is from the Patriots 2006 Super Bowl. Uh, that one was over the Eagles. That is commemorate to that. I've got, uh, that is something that I think my mom or my dad got me for Christmas one year. It is Randy Moss, uh, me wearing number one, Tom Brady and Wes Walker's jersey there. Uh, you know, the classic duo of kind of what you'd expect here. Um, for those of you who don't know, I, I bought a house here somewhat recently. So this is also my inside tool storage here. Um, next to me, and you can see my giant seltzer drink. I've got my book full of, or my bookshelf here, mainly full of some sports books down there. It's kind of hard to to see some of them, but Life of Football, Colin Cowherd's books. Uh, I've got L. Michael's books in there, Tony Dungy's book. I've got I've got a lot of great books, mainly a lot of golf books. Uh, 
my little little bit of toy tractor collection. I got some Syracuse stuff there. Um, on my desk, I have a candle, which I almost never light. I have a, uh, I believe the Falcons Super Bowl championship mug, a little K-State one there. Um, I've got a New England Patriots Super Bowl like beer mug. Um, that's me and my lovely wife there. I uh, keep that on my desk as well. Oh, and a lot of people ask me about this down here. That's the biggest thing I get questions about uh, when I'm editing the show or when I'm hanging out here doing work and other things like that. My wife will often come in here and lay in here with me, uh, and my office is not the biggest thing in the world, so she'll actually lay on the floor. So that's what that is. That is her pillow and blanket and her water bottle uh, that laid down there. So um that's kind of the quick 101 on on what my office looks like. I know I know some people have been requesting an office tour here while I readjust the camera, but so only about five minutes. You know, a quick little little history of everything that's in there. That is the the golf clubs in the corner are my miscellaneous golf clubs. Those are not my actual golf clubs. I use those uh, those live in my truck. So there you go. A little little five minute get to know you better uh, situation there. Um, yeah, nothing nothing too exciting here. Um, wanted to jump into some, some other topics that I kind of wanted to talk about. Uh, obviously no trivia today, solo. I won't, won't be kind of covering into that. Um, I wanted to talk about my theory on how to fix, uh, how to fix the lions here. Um, I think this has been a really interesting kind of, kind of situation that they've got themselves in. Obviously, as we sit here, um, in week, what is it? Week seven, I want to say, is that right? I can't be right. It is week seven. As we sit week seven here, obviously the Bears have pick one and two, uh, which is kind of an interesting spot. I don't think we've ever seen a team necessarily. Uh, I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen a team have two picks inside the top five like this. So it'll it'll be really interesting to kind of see how they reload. Um, in reality, I kind of want to go over what I'd like to see them do. Uh, with the first pick, I'd like them to take a quarterback. Whether you think Justin Fields is the guy or not, um, there's a lot of talk that Caleb Williams is, you know, this generational talent. Uh, I haven't really dove too deep into my scouting for next year or anything like that. I know there's becoming a little bit more hype around Michael Penix as he plays better and better and better. Um, and Drake may has been a guy that people have talked about for years now. Um, he's on, he's, he's in that category of guys who probably would have been taken first over the last couple of years too. So, um, a really, really stacked quarterback class. Um, so they'll be able to get somebody in, uh, if they keep their GM or if they fire their GM, they'll, they'll have a really good opportunity to evaluate what the best quarterback for them is going to be. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see who they end up going with. Right. Um, and I do want to talk a little bit more about like the Caleb Williams theory and Lincoln Riley, but I'm going to, I'm going to slide into that, uh, in a, here in a second. Honestly, with the second pick, I'd like to see them trade down. Um, if they could kind of get an Arizona Cardinal type deal like that uh, they had with Houston last year, where they can get additional picks in the future and still stay inside the top 10, that's something I'd love to see Chicago do because I know there's a lot of hype around, oh, just take a quarterback and then take Marvin Harrison Jr. at the second pick. That doesn't fix the Bears team. It really doesn't. They need offensive help. They need defensive help, right? So to just say, okay, we're going to take the two best weapons that are available here um, and go for that, I, I don't think is the right play. Um, I think you need to see this as a three-year rebuild, not a one-year kind of reboot for this team. 
So if if I'm if I'm the general manager of the Bears, I'm trying to move out of the second pick as as fast as I possibly can. Um, and there's going to be teams that are going to want it, right? Um, you know, whether it is Michael Penix or Drake May, somebody is going to be the sweetheart at number two, right? We see this year after year, uh, whether it's tr- you know the San Francisco forty nine. San Francisco 49ers moving up to take Trey Lance with the third overall pick. Excuse my phone here. It just keeps wanting to go off. Um, and then um, somebody's going to fall fall in love with him, the Mitchell Trubisky type trade-up, right? Um, there's going to be a quarterback, a team that is so needy for a quarterback, they're going to want to go up. And honestly, if we look at this top 10 right now, there's a lot of teams inside of it that you could see taking another quarterback, right? Denver uh, is currently sitting at the third pick. Really, their only shot of getting any better if they don't think they can fix Russell Wilson is by taking a young quarterback that's cheap and affordable so you can afford to keep Russell Wilson and have a young quarterback. Um, who knows what Arizona is going to do, right? If uh, Kyler Murray just got activated, so he's off of IR, doesn't mean he's necessarily going to play this week, but you know he's expected to play in the coming weeks. Oh, sorry, I'm not used to talking for this long in a row. Um, I wouldn't throw them out. Um, I think they're actually, honestly, on the the less likely side of uh, teams to take a quarterback here unless they end up with one of a guy that they really, really love, right? Kyler Murray no matter what you think of him is definitely a top half of the league type quarterback. Right. So you're not going to throw that away for, you know, the second or third quarterback and maybe the second quarterback, but definitely not the third or fourth best quarterback available at that point. Um, and if anything, they owe him a chance of trying to make that team better around him to, to actually give him an opportunity to win. Right. Um, so that's not necessarily a team I see taking a quarterback. The New York Giants absolutely could take a quarterback. Uh, Tyrod Taylor playing them for playing for them last week. They had a chance to win it at the very end of the game. Um, regardless of what you think about that pass interference call, right? They were still in that game, right? And that's the sign of even for a team that's you know uh, what are they? They have one win I think so far this year. Uh, yeah, one and five, right? That's a team that's competitive. I I really like Brian Dayball. Um, that is another team that, you know, probably needs to reset their clock. Uh, not a lot of weapons on that offense. There was a lot of hype around bringing Dalen, Darren Waller in um, to help fix that situation. You know, I like Darren Waller a lot, but he is not a number one option. Um, and right now their offense is Saquon Barkley. I mean, period, bar none. There just isn't another guy there that's a legit threat to be uh, an offensive staple for that team, you know, in five years. So, Again, that's a team that's not necessarily looking to do a quick reboot, but, you know, maybe they reset the clock. They they take a quarterback. You can move off of, you know, they can take a guy who they can sit and develop for a year. Daniel Jones could be your starter next year, and then I think he's in a situation where you can move off of his money. Um, the New England Patriots, I'm going to spend like zero time on this one. Very obvious that they could take a quarterback. Uh, that quarterback play has been horrific. Minnesota, that's an interesting one. Um, a lot of talk that Kirk Cousins is going to get another contract this offseason. Uh, he's set to become a free agent. I don't think Minnesota's trading him at the trade deadline. I think he does get another deal. Maybe won't be as rich as his last deal, but I do think he stays there on a deal. I think uh, I don't think Minnesota at seven is going to be in a spot to take a quarterback. <laughs> Excuse me, Tennessee. Now, this is a team that I would also put in that category to move up to second to take a quarterback, right? Uh, Mike Vrabel has always coached a really good defense. There's, there's never really been a doubt about Mike Vrabel's ability to do that. Um, 
But again, he's he's needed a quarterback. That's always what this team has felt, right? Uh, they elevated, you know, Ryan Tannehill, who's kind of a middle tier guy. Um, and they've elevated him into this next team when he was able to take him to the playoffs, right? Um, they beat New England one year in the playoffs. I think Brady's last year in New England was the year that they they won a playoff game. But besides that, really hasn't seen a ton of playoff success, right? And and that's what that that missing piece for them is is to kind of get a quarterback in there and really build that build around it. Um, everyone past that eight spot, Green Bay is not probably taking a quarterback. The Chargers aren't going to take a quarterback. Uh, New Orleans Saints aren't going to take a quarterback. Atlanta Falcons could be in that category where they think about trading up. You know. Um, outside the top 10, you know, Desmond Ritter was disappointing for no reason. Uh, you know, I, I thought Desmond Ritter would be serviceable, right? Uh, I I didn't think they were going to ask him to do too much. And we've seen flashes of that. I think last week was a good example against the commanders for him where, listen, you've got Drake may you've got Kyle Pitts. Who's been disappointing, but John Smith has looked like the better tight end in that room somehow. But, um, You've got Drake May, you got Kyle Pitts, you got Jonu Smith, you got Tyler Algier, you got Cordell Patterson. Oh yeah, and then you have Bijan Robinson, probably a top five back in the NFL right now. So uh, they just need him to not make mistakes. They really, he can be the ultimate game manager type quarterback. If I was him, I would have been watching Alex Smith film all off season and said, okay, how do I not lose games for my team? And, and ultimately he'll have a lot of success, right? He just, just has the weapons there. Um, you, you put one of these, even the two or three quarterback on this team. And it's, it's scary. Uh, it makes a world of difference here for sure. Um, okay. I wanted to jump back in. The whole point of that was talking about the lions, talking about some potential candidates who the lions could trade out of two, four, get some more draft capital, maybe get another player. You know, I thought adding DJ Moore from Carolina, uh, this last year was super, super smart. I think, you know, maybe go and get an offensive tackle, maybe somebody on that defense to really elevate it would be interesting. Now I want to talk about Lincoln Riley, because I think this is a really interesting theory. Um, depending on how deep you are into sports radio talk and everything like that, depends on how much you might know about this situation. Um, you know, there was talks for a long time. Lincoln Riley has no interest in the NFL. Um, but he's come out and said he's probably only going to coach 10 more years. He doesn't want to coach forever. excuse me again, uh, very Sean McVay, like when it comes to that kind of sentiment, right? Uh, Sean McVay is a young guy and he's comp- contemplated retirement a couple times. So, um, Lincoln Riley's thinking the same thing. He doesn't want to be a coach forever. And, and if you were to make the NFL jump now would be the time to do it. You have to do it while the iron is hot. We've seen too many guys wait and wait and wait and wait, and then they're not hot anymore. And then nobody wants them. Um, I think if Jim Harbaugh wants to coach the NFL, he's got to do it in the next two or three years, right? Um, his prominent his program has been a top five program for the last two seasons, I want to say. Uh, yeah, two seasons, three seasons, something like that. So he's got to do it soon because eventually Michigan will fall back to, to the line somewhere, right? Um, I'm not saying they'll be bad. And with the 12-team playoff, they still might be a playoff team. But doesn't mean that's good enough to want to – people want to make you – want to let you make that jump into the NFL. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. So, um, you know, I think Lincoln Riley could be seriously, if he wants to do it, this would be the time he would do it. Um, and to kind of address the flip side of that coin, well, why would you ever leave USC? They bought you a house. They, you have access to a private plane. 
You know, you're not going to be able to do that. You're going to have to take a pay cut if you want to come to the NFL. A lot of those things are all, all three of those things he'd probably lose, right? No NFL team is going to buy you a house. They're not going to give you access. I mean, you'd have access to the team team plane, but not like he does at USC. Um, he'd have less control, right? If, if he got hired, I imagine a team would say, Hey, this is who we're going to hire as your defensive coordinator. You know, we're going to go out and get a, a Brian Flores. We're going to go out and get, um, a Vic Fangio as an example, obviously he won't be available, but someone along those lines of, you know, whoever the defensive coach that gets fired this year, that was an actual good defensive coordinator before he was fired as a head coach, you know, uh, I don't think Todd Bowles get fired, but Todd Bowles is the prime example, right? He's an amazing defensive coordinator. You'd be crazy not to go scoop a guy up like him. You pair a veteran guy who's been a head coach in the NFL before, make him your DC for Lincoln. Um, you bring him in. And and the rumblings are, is he would only do it if he could stay paired up with Caleb, right? Um, and I think that's interesting if you're a Chicago fan, right? Uh, college, college coaches, when they make that jump to the NFL, there's some mixed success there. Sometimes it's it's better. Sometimes it's not. Um, you know, Jimmy Johnson had great success jumping into the NFL. Uh, and then the most recent one that comes to mind is obviously Urban Meyer, right? Not necessarily a, a model that I would want to look at. But uh, Urban Meyer was also an old school college coach making the jump later in life. Lincoln Riley is a young, forward-thinking guy, so I don't think it'd be as crazy for someone like him. He's not as set in his ways of, of making those types of decisions. But ultimately, this would be the most hope I think Bears fans have had in a long time. And and when I say hope, I mean real hope, not, hey, we took Mitchell Trubisky, we got it all figured out. Um, you know, Matt Nagy and the Mitchell Trubisky combo, it got you to the playoffs, right? They almost won a playoff game there. So that that's pretty legit, but there'd something be different. There'd be an energy around Chicago again by going out and getting a quarterback like Caleb Williams and then bringing in his coach who you know he has success with. Um, the only thing I worry about as a Chicago fan would be, okay, now I've got a rookie quarterback who's trying to learn the NFL, and I have a rookie head coach who's also trying to learn the NFL. That's typically not the best way to do it. Typically, you want to bring in a guy like after Caleb's had two or three years of success, you know, then bring in a guy like Lincoln. So at least Caleb knows what the NFL landscape is like. Um, it's still a really interesting thought. I think that's not one that should be dismissed. If, uh, if you were to make it, I think this would be the time to make it because we're seeing guys, you know, um, I think it's Matt Campbell out of Iowa state, right? Really hot name a couple years ago. And now I don't think he would like, I don't think anyone's inter interested in him. Um, you're seeing guys striking while the iron's hot more and more. Um, I wish I had Owen here, but, uh, the head coach for Miami used to be the coach at Oregon, uh, Cristobal. There we go. Mario Cristobal. Um, I think like, he said, okay, Hey, Oregon's doing really, really well here. I'm not sure I can sustain the success as well at Oregon. I'm going to jump. Uh, Brian Kelly has been a, not such a great example of that recently, but he said, Hey, I've got Notre Dame about as high as I think I can take them. I don't think this is sustainable. I'm going to go jump ship and, and go to LSU. Um, that one, obviously LSU's not as good, but, and Cristobal hasn't been that good either. Point being though is, uh, they jumped while they could, right? They they made that leap while it was still possible because the door's not always going to be open. You know, Urban Meyer kind of got lucky um, with the whole Jaguars thing. I don't think something like that is necessarily going to happen again for a college coach.
All right. Finished my water there. Whew. Not used to talking for this long straight here. You'll have to have to excuse some of my mannerisms here, you know. No no commercial breaks here, nothing like that. So we are 20 minutes straight of me just talking. Um, no chance to kind of relieve relieve my uh, throat here or anything like that. Um, well, cool. Let's jump into the next topic I had here. I want to talk about the lack of a great team this year. I think it's a, it's a really interesting concept. Um, we've kind of seen every team be beatable. Um, nobody feels kind of like this king of the mountain, hey, you have to go through us to get to the Super Bowl this year. Um, a lot of good teams, you know, but no teams that are truly, you know, a step above the rest. Uh, some teams with some better records than others, but I still don't know if it necessarily relates to exact success that um, that they're having. Uh, you look at somebody like, I think the Miami Dolphins are a great example, right? Five and one, you'd say, wow, that record says they're a great team. You know, Buffalo beat the brakes off of them, and it, it really kind of put them back into a perspective of, hey, maybe we're we're not that great where we're just going to go through and run through everybody. I still think they're a great team. I think they're a Super Bowl contender, but, you know, it balances them out. And I think the Bills are the same way. Every time they get hot, they lose to, like, a Jacksonville um, in London, which I'm not saying Jacksonville's not a good team. I just don't think anyone at the time thought the Bills were going to lose that game. Um the AFC North is the prime example of good, not great. I think Baltimore has its flaws. Um, uh, Pittsburgh, who knows what Pittsburgh is? There's there's times where, I mean, that offense looks terrible. Uh, it might be one of the worst offenses. Probably for a 3-2 and two team, it's probably the worst offense uh, in the NFL. Um, Cleveland, who knows what's going on with Deshaun Watson. We really haven't seen him get back to elite. Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals, they've kind of struggled early on. Um, in the South, I, I Owen and I both had the Jaguars kind of taking a big step this year, and we thought, hey, this is the year that Tre Trevor Lawrence is going to be put himself in that MVP conversation. Really, they haven't broken away kind of like we were hoping they would. They look good. They look like, you know, hey, this is kind of our division, but not not as elite as we were kind of hoping. Uh, the AFC West, man, the Chiefs, I, I they're good, five and one, right? But th they're holding on. They're fighting in a lot of games, right? A lot of games that shouldn't be close are really close. The Jets game, super super close for them. You know, I I just don't know what we're gonna get from them on a week to week basis. They just traded for uh, Mikael Harmon, uh, I think yesterday as of recording this. Um, they're bringing him back. They just need veterans on that offense, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes can fix a lot of flaws and do a lot of things, but he needs guys who are going to catch the ball and be reliable for him. And right now, Travis Kelsey is one of the few guys that's able to do that for him. <clears throat> and once defenses take that away from him, he's really having a hard time right there. Um, you know, we're not going to talk about Las Vegas. The Chargers have been utterly disappointing so far this year. Denver Broncos, one and five. They're a mess. And then we get into the NFC East, right? Cowboys look really good against bad teams and they look, you know, bad against good teams. That's that's kind of been their MO for a long time and and that streak kind of continues here, right? Um Philadelphia Eagles, kind of the same case scenario as the Chiefs, 5 and 1, you'd say they're doing really good. I mean, the they were the Patriots were were a really interesting game against them, right? Like that looking back at that, that's very very alarming. 
um, that the Patriots were able to kind of hang tough and fight with the Eagles as, as much as they could. So the Eagles really just, you know, two new coordinators are still trying to figure things out. I think it just might take some time. <coughs> oh, excuse me again here. Um, we're not going to talk about the Commanders Giants when it comes to this. Detroit has been interesting, right? But the only issue with Detroit is no one's seen them do it in a big time game before. Nobody's really seen them on the grand stage. Nobody knows, hey, is this is this for real, right? Or or is there going to be a wall that the Lions eventually hit? I really like them. Um and I think again, this is kind of the point of the conversation. I think they're a legit Super Bowl contender. I I really really think the Lions could be a Super Bowl contender. Because nobody's been able to separate, nobody's been able to say, hey, this is how good we are, right? Um, and teams are allowed to have bad weeks, but there are some teams with some some real, real flaws here. And I think the Detroit defense is tough enough when they play a San Francisco, when they play a Philadelphia, it's it's going to be a dogfight. I really, I really think it is. And Jared Goff has been in a lot of big games. The guy's played in a Super Bowl before, so... If there was a quarterback that I had to bet on in a lot of cases, I at least can say I've seen him there, you know? Um, and for a lot of these other quarterbacks, I definitely can't say. Uh, the rest of the North, really, you know, if they make the playoffs, good for them. Not any real Super Bowl contenders there. Same thing with the NFC South. Uh, Owen and I kind of called this. We've talked about it before. Who knows? Bucks, Falcons, Saints. It's going to be a real toss-up in that division. Somebody's going to win it with 9-10 games uh, and – who knows what they're, they're able to do. Um, as much as I kind of fell back in love with Baker Mayfield, I don't think they're a real Super Bowl contender. Maybe they, they squeeze a playoff game out of somebody just because of the underdog cries, but I, I'm not sure he's going to be able to have that sustained success to take a team to an NFC championship game. Uh, and then lastly, we have honestly one of the more disappointing divisions. We have the 49ers. Um, who honestly, if we're, if we're talking about it, really just had an off week last week. Um, you know, for me, it's interesting because, you know, did they just have a bad week or is this the first real defense that they've played all year? Um, you know, you could say the Steelers is a real defense. It doesn't really, it's not on the same level as the Browns defense. And then uh, Rams defense is no good. Giants defense has struggled all year. Cardinals, obviously. Um, they beat up on the Cowboys who, who have a somewhat legit defense, uh, a lot of, a lot of injuries on that defense. So it's kind of hard to judge. Um, and then they faced a real defense, a, a, a top five defense and they struggled. They, you know, Brock Purdy came kind of back down to earth and the MVP conversation has kind of dampered a lot this week. Um, just because there's question mark, right? There's, they're not sure that, you know, if, if you're going to struggle against good defenses, the NFC is full of good defenses. And, um, you know, to get to a Super Bowl, you're probably going to have to beat at least two great or slash really good defenses, right? You're going to have to go through a Detroit. You're going to have to go through a Philadelphia. Um, and to be fair to Brock Purdy, he didn't really get a shot to do that last year. So really not sure what that team looks like. San Francisco, um, you're waiting for them to piece it together is, is really what that feels like. Uh, Witherspoon has gotten better for sure. He, he's definitely improving his play. Um, that's no surprise within a Pete Carroll defense, but it's, it's an interesting team, right? I think it's a team that, you know, there's going to be some question marks, even, even coming into the postseason. 
And like we saw last year, Gino wasn't able to do it on the biggest stage. When it mattered most, Gino wasn't able to do it. So uh, it's it's going to be really, really kind of interesting to see. And the Rams, I think, are an interesting team. I just don't think they're dynamic enough at this point. You know, no Jalen Ramsey. Um, with Cooper Cup back, Puka Nakua still looks like a pretty good wide receiver, right? Um, so that offense might be able to, you know, squeak him into a playoff game. Uh, I just don't know if that team is going to be good enough to to kind of win anything here. But uh, for those of you who are listening and watching, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and I will be right back. All righty, welcome back. After a uh, brief intermission there, for you guys, it seemed like nothing. So uh, I needed to go get more water so I could uh, keep my throat hydrated enough for me to keep talking here. Um, all righty, we're going to talk about the Giants now. Um, I feel like we talk about the Cowboys a ton on this show. Uh, we talk about the 49ers a lot. Obviously, a lot of you guys are fans of them, so we like to talk about them. Um, now I kind of want to talk a little bit about a team that I feel like gets, doesn't get enough love, doesn't get enough attention out there. Uh, that's the New York football Giants. Shout out to all my Giants fans out there. I know you guys exist. Um I think you guys have made some mistakes along the way. I, I really, really feel like you have. Um, and it's going to be an interesting road to kind of get back. Uh, Evan Neal gets dogged on a lot. I don't think he's as bad as people on the internet want to make him seem. Uh, I think he's a crucial part of that running game. Is he good enough to play right tackle? I, I don't know. I think it's a really, he's a really interesting spot. Uh, Thibodeau, you know, he, he has these moments where you're like, yeah, that's the guy you take in the top 10 right there. That guy's a freak. And then he has moments where, you know, he kind of disappears. He fades away. Um, I don't hate either of the picks still. I think there's, there's some upside in them. Um, if I'm a Giants fan, I want to know what we're doing to, to get this, this wide receiver court better. Um, if we're going to roll with uh, Danny Dimes next year, I'm fine with that. But that better mean we're getting one of the top two wide receivers in this year's draft. Um, that or we got to go out and sign somebody. And I'm just not sure there's going to be anybody available to sign. Um, this is a team that I really, and it sounds so weird to say this out loud, right? A one in five team should be like a buyer at the deadline. But if the Broncos make Jerry Judy available and the price isn't crazy, or even a Cortland Sutton, right? Those guys are way better than anybody you guys have got on your roster. And this team is relatively young enough and isn't missing so many pieces where I'm like, oh, it's not like Chicago where I talked about. Um, now I'm questioning whether I said they were a long-term rebuild. But, um, and if I did earlier, I, I, I kind of disagree with myself now a little bit, but I don't think this team is that far away. Um, I like elements of their defense. I don't like other parts of it. You know, I feel like their offense can be dynamic. It's just missing another playmaker, a real true playmaker, right? Um, Saquon, I think you're, you're doing the right thing. I'd give him, I'd give him a good contract, right? If I can get him to sign up for, for the Josh Jacobs deal or something similar along those lines where it's not, you know, Hey, unearthing amount of money, I'm signing up for it. Anything under four years, I'm immediately, whatever he wants, I'd just give it to him, you know, within reason. Um, Anything under CMC money, I think I'd just sign up Saquon and, and say, hey, we're going to run this back. We're going to try to go as far as we can with you. Because when he's healthy, he's clearly a difference maker for this team. So, um, but yeah, I, it's it's a struggle to kind of what you do with the Giants because it's such an in-between. Because you're a year away. You're, last year, you made the playoffs, right? Um, 
you know, did you necessarily deserve to make the playoffs? You know, I don't know. I don't know if that team was truly a a playoff talented team. Um, They won a playoff game, though. So it's kind of hard to argue with the, the, the thought of like, hey, this team should just sell and completely rebuild. I think this team is closer than a lot of people want to give them credit for. Um, very similar uh, quotation to like a Minnesota, right? Where you're like, man, I like certain parts. I hate other parts of this team. Um, the only difference is, is you guys are stuck with a quarterback who you probably shouldn't have paid and you don't have Justin Jefferson. So there's that side of it too, uh, for sure. But I, I don't think this team is as far off of a, of a rebuild as people are, are giving them credit for. I really think there is hope at the end of this tunnel. A team like this could be good in a couple years. So, all right, cool. That's, that's all I really, those are the main topics I wanted to hit on. Um, like I said, a little bit of a shorter show here. Um, I still am going to give my bets for the week and, and kind of recap last week for both Owen and I. Um, so if you or anyone, you know, is, is having a issues with their gambling, Contact the Problem Gambling Helpline at 800-522-4700. Professionals are available 24 hours a day to take your call. Help is available at no cost to the problem gambler or their concerned others. Um, last week was a pretty good week for me. I had Jags minus four and a half versus the Colts. Uh, obviously, Anthony Richardson getting hurt in that game. I feel horrible for. Um, but Jags were able to, to easily walk away with the win there. I had Falcons minus two and a half versus the Commanders. Did not break the way that I thought. Desmond Ritter, uh, I think, threw two or three interceptions that game. Uh, really wasn't the game I was hoping he was going to have. That's for that's for dang sure. Um, but yeah, he's he's close. Yeah, three interceptions for him. But threw through for three hundred yards and two touchdowns. So I don't think I think he's striving in the right direction. But yeah, I had a little bit too much faith in there. I had 49ers Browns over thirty five and a half. Uh, the final on that one was 36, 19 to 17. So, uh, snuck that one in. Uh, I thought the line was too low. Uh, apparently Vegas was, was nailing that line. Um, so that brings me up to nine and nine brings me all back to 50, 50 here. Um, Owen, on the other hand, uh, Owen went, uh, so I went two and one for the week. Owen went one and two. Unfortunately, he had New Orleans minus one and a half versus Houston. That obviously did not hit with Houston walking away with the win. He had Detroit minus three versus Tampa Bay. Uh, Detroit again looked really, really good. And then he had Seattle and Cincinnati over 44 and a half. I think the final total on that game was 30 there. So a uh, little bit of a struggle fest for him when it came to that game. Uh, Seattle, again, we've been talking about trying to get them to piece it together. And the Bengals, who knows, you know, that offense has struggled. Yeah, 30 was the final total on that one. Um, My picks for this week are Browns minus three um, versus the Colts. I I think it's a little bit too tight of a line for for my liking. Um, Now, who knows if Deshaun Watson will play or not. Um, You know, he's been practicing with the team. Browns have to go on the road, but it's an inside dome, so there's a little bit less effect. Gardner Minshew is going to be the starting quarterback for the Colts, who I think is a serviceable backup, right? I think he's a he's he's a guy, you know, if Owen were here, he'd tell you how he's a top 32 guy and he should be starting in the league. I, I think he's okay. I just think the Browns defense is so dominant, whether it's P.J. Walker, whether it's DTR, whether it's Deshaun Watson, I think this is a better team overall. Um, 
And I think three is not that much to cover by. Um, so I, the point I'm trying to make is I, as I imagine this game, this game's kind of going to be one of those, you know, 20 to 10 games. I think the Browns win by 10, but it's still a low score for sure. Um, Bucks minus two and a half versus the Falcons. Um, you know, Baker Mayfield, I, I expect him to have a bounce back game after a poor performance versus the Lions. Um, and Desmond Ritter, you know, as he improves, he's going to struggle against better defenses. And I think the Bucks defense is overperformed to this point. So I'm banking on a little bit of that happening. We love these under a field goal games. Those are my favorite, favorite ones to bet. So I love a good two and a half. Um, next I have Lions Ravens under 43 and a half. Um, I think this is two better defenses. Um, and I expect Dan Campbell to cook something good up to kind of contain Lamar. I also expect Jared Goff to struggle a little bit. Um, the Ravens defense. Yeah. It's been pretty banged up throughout the year, man. I feel like I've said pretty banged up a ton. I don't know why I can't summarize, you know, they they've been fighting the injury bug over there in Baltimore for sure, but they've been fighting that injury bug for like the last 10 years. It feels like, um, I think this is one of those games that it feels like that line. You, you sit here and you go, oh, 43 and a half, that's it. It just feels like this is going to be a dogfight, right? This is going to be one of those games that it's 10 to 13. Um, and you're going to go, whoa, I didn't I didn't think either one of these offenses were going to struggle that much. And I, I just really see both teams struggling on this side. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the under in this one. So, um, but that's all I've got for you, beautiful people. Thanks for thanks for the patience tonight. You know, if you enjoyed this solo show, I, I we hope not to do these in the future, but we want to make sure we have content for you guys, right? And uh, you know, when one of us is down, the other one's going to kind of pick up the slack and and carry the show. Um, still a red zone talk. Uh, Owen and I are still solid. Nothing going on there uh, that you guys know of, at least. You know, but uh, yeah, Owen should be back next week. Owen might, uh, record something and upload something this weekend too. So, um, if he's feeling up to it, you know, he might put up a, a 10 or 15, 20 minute video as well. Um, but if you've made it 40 minutes, uh, make sure you, you get in touch with one of us and, and shoot us a question for next week's show and, and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and we'll see you next time.